This week we had a significant date in the Jewish calendar. It's called Tobah. We don't really celebrate it today. Maybe we didn't say Tachnun. But if you look in the Gemara, Tobah is a day of tremendous significance. We all know the Gemara, but let's try and understand it together. The Gemara says in the end of Titus, Amr B'Shim and Gamliel, Lo'i ha'yu yamim tovim Yisrael, k'chamish asa ba'av v'chayam ha'kippur. There were no greater days of Yom Tov, of celebration for the Jewish people, than Tuba Av and Yom Kippur. And there's a daughter of Yishalayim, the girls of Yishalayim, should go out and dance, and they would make Shidduchim. And of course, for people who are looking for a Shidduch, it's a tremendous simcha to find one's zivuk, to find one's partner in life. But if we look at it carefully, that wasn't why these two days were the biggest simchas in Klai Yisra. Then you could have taken any random day and called us, this is the day for Shidduchim, and they would have called that same simcha. Rather, making Shidduchim was the way to express the simcha of the day, just as shaking the Arab minim is the way that we express the simcha of Sukkot, or eating matzah is the way we express the simcha of Pesach. And so the first point you have to understand is what is the unique simcha of Tuba and Yom Kippur. Why is it more than any other Yom Tov of the year? The Sukkot, the Shvurs, the Pesach, the other times you celebrate also. What makes these days special? And lastly, thirdly, why was there a way to celebrate that Simcha by making Shidduch? So let's start from the beginning. I'd like to suggest what made, let's talk about Yom Kippur first, what puts that in a different category to the other Yom Tov is that even though we know that we celebrate Pesach every year, because that's the time we can have Mitzrayim. And we know it wasn't just something to commemorate an incident in the past, like the Rebchal tells us in the fourth Chalik of Derech Hashem. But rather, it means that there's a Koyach of Gula during Pesach, and we can reconnect to that Koyach. And similarly, when it comes to giving of the Torah and Shavuos, of course, it wasn't just something which we remember in a historical event. But there's a certain Koyach of the sense of Torah every year in Shavuos, that's true. But, I still hold that no Pesach we're going to celebrate has going to have the same impact and the same intensity and the same nace that they had in the world of Pesach of Mitzrayim. And no Shavuos that we're going to experience and we accept in ourselves of Arachar is going to have the same power and the same Koyach and the same inspiration as the initial Matantar. So yes, that Koyach is still there in potential and we reconnect to it, but it's still in commemoration of what was. We're reliving what was in the past. We're thinking about coming out of Mitzrayim, we're thinking about standing at the foot of Harsin. Those are the Amitavim of Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. As beautiful as our Sukkah is, and as much as we feel connected to Hashem in the Sukkah, it's not going to be the Ananiya Kovit. And in that, Yom Kippur is different. Because what's the reason we have Yom Kippur? As we know, the Jewish people sinned with Egel Azov. And as a result of that, they, dis- they lost the Luchas Rishayinus. And the result is that they distanced themselves from Hashem. And there was a process of tshuva, and there was a process of coming closer to Hashem, until eventually in Yom Kippur, Hashem forgave them and gave them the second Luchas. And that's established Yom Kippur historically as a day of Kapara. And now I ask you, Rabbi Isa, is our Yom Kippur commemoration that then Klai Yisrael got Kapara? Are we commemorating that? The answer is no. Yom Kippur is as real to us now as it was then. Because we've also done our various. And we also need kapara. And the kapara of Yom Kippur is for the present, it's for the here and now. It's not just reliving the past. 
It's something which is imperative to us every year. And therefore, there's something we much more connect to about Yom Kippur. Because that's something which we're living now, much more than something we're just commemorating an event of the past. That's the Kayak of Yom Kippur. What's the Kayak of Tudor? So we know that there were two major various Kayisrael did in the Nipah. The first one was Chetag. And as a result of that, they lost the Luchas Rishonis and they lost the Anani Akavad. And the, the Tshuva and the Kapara of Chetag was on Yom Kippur. When Hashem came back to them and gave them the second Luchas. And it was the second big Chet. Which unfortunately Klaish Rosund and fell from their level, and that was the sin of believing the Lashon Hara of the spies. And here also they were punished in their distance from Hashem, and they were decreed on them that they weren't going to come into Israel. And that Gezerah, that punishment ended on Tuba, as the Gemara tells us. And so Yom Kippur represents a Tshuva process that brings us back to Hashem. From when there was a Chet and the distance from Hashem. Yom Kippur signifies the process of reconnection through Tshuva. Tuba'av, similarly, when there was a chait in a distance from Hashem. Tuba'av symbolizes the reconnection to Hashem when that gazera, when that punishment comes to an end. In that way, there's a tarashava between both of them. There was a period of separation and reconnection. Yom Kippur is one kind of reconnection, after the distance of a chait, and Tovav is another. Now we said that the way that Klein's role showed, demonstrated what was unique about Yom Kippur and Tovav was by the girls going out to dance and by Hashidukhim being made. Why was that the way to demonstrate the Koyach of Yom Kippur and Tovav? And this is an aside. This is something to think about. Yom Kippur isn't just about avoiding punishment. When we say al khayt and we clap our chests and we think Hashem we've done wrong and don't punish us. Yom Kippur is about reconnection. Reconnection. We have distanced ourselves from Hashem and we want to reconnect to Him. And why was the way that we signal, we show that? We demonstrate that by making Shidduchim. So let me share with you a very famous Vilnagon. The Vilnagon is talking about Adam Arisham. Adam Rishon was created as a one unit which comprised both man and woman. And then Hashem says, Lotov, a person is not going to function like this. And he split them into two, a man and a woman, a separate entities. And the question is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew that a person couldn't function as one unit of man and woman together. So why didn't he originally create the mystery? And the Vilna explains, that this process was meant to mirror what happens in spiritual times. There's one nishama, a soul created with a certain drive to do in this world. But there's too many roles to play for one person in one body to encompass everything that nishama has to do. And that's why she needs to split it into two parts. One part we put into the body of a man, one into the body of a woman, and that way, separately, each one can take on a different role, a different chalik of the job that that neshama has, and two separate people working side by side, they can accomplish what neshama needs to accomplish. But to do that, they have to work together. 
And therefore there was neshama which began as one, which was separated when it came down to this world. That's why we know famously that before the conception of a child, it's announced in Shemaim who their zivug, who their partner in this world is going to be, because that, that's when that neshama was split. And the one part of the neshama was put into the body of a boy, the other into the body of a girl. And the process of, get, of getting, of finding one's zivug, finding one's life partner, is that same concept of reconnection of something that has been separated. And that was the way we wanted to show the significance of Yom Kippur. We've been separated from Hashem and we reconnect. And that same simcha of the chasen and fellow who found each other mirrors the simcha we feel when we come close back, when we come back close to Hashem again. And this is not a new marshal. This is the marshal of Shirashim. When Hashem is referred to as the chasen, we, Klaus, shall collectively refer to as the kala. And the connection between us is the reconnection which is felt by every chasen and kala. It's something we feel when we come back close to Hashem again as well. So, therefore, we've explained the significance of Tuba and Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the reconnection through Tuba. Tuba is the reconnection of when a gazera comes to an end and now Hashem takes us back. The way we symbolize that is through creating Shiddur. But let's look at the next. The Mishnah says that these girls would go out to dance, they would go out in clay, love, and shoulder. They would borrow clothing. No one would wear their own clothing. Why? Because some girls might be richer than others. And then the other girls who didn't have the same clothing would be embarrassed. We can't dress the same as our more wealthy peers. So everybody would borrow clothing. Not to embarrass someone who doesn't have the same. And now these girls, the Gemara tells us, the end of Tainus, when they go out and they would dance, they would dip, what would they say? They were different groups. The Gemara says, The beautiful girls used to say, Look at our good looks, look at our appearance. And there was a second group of girls, those girls who came from a distinguished family, had their ancestors. They used to say, Look at our ancestry. Look at the family we come from. And there was a third group of girls who weren't particularly good looking. Didn't come from maybe a very distinguished family. And what they would say is, Choose us, Lashem Shemayim, as long as you're willing to cover us with gold. That's the Gemara. And I want to ask two questions. The first question is, what's this third group saying? Choose us l'shem shemayim. We have nothing to offer. We have no outstanding quality. Marry us l'shem shemayim. So what do they mean to add to that and say, as long as you cover us with gold? But I have another question too. We just saw previously that no one would wear their own clothing because we don't want anybody to be embarrassed. So if you're going to split the girls into different groups, these are the beautiful girls, these are the not beautiful girls, aren't we embarrassing them? Isn't that exactly the point we were trying to avoid? So let's understand. What was the point of this, what they were, these girls were saying? 
what they're trying to show us. What is the idea that they were trying to put across? And we know, we saw that the symbolism of the dance of the girls was connected to, so to speak, the reconnection of a shidduch is meant to symbolize, as a metaphor maybe, for the reconnection of Hashem and Ka'a Yisra. And that's what Dafi Yom Kippur was chosen as a day for this, because that's the day we reconnect. And then we, Ka'a Yisra, are in the role of the Kala. And we the ones who say to Hashem, Hashem, look at us and bring us back. Choose us. And what argument can we put forward to Hashem why He would want us back? So we know that Shirashirim is a description of this relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people. Hashem again being the Chas and the Yisrael being the Ka. And if you look carefully, you'll see three times in Shirashirim that Hashem refers to Klai Yisrael and He calls us beautiful. The first time is in Perak David. And Hashem says to us, Hinoch Yafur Ayasi. You are beautiful, my beloved. And Hashem goes on to describe Kayus Rose beauty. And one of the things he says over there in describing Kayus Rose beauty is, Like a pomegranate is Rakosech, is your appearance. So perhaps a ready appearance is a sign of health, of strength. But Chazal said it means more than that. And they say what it means is don't say Rakosech, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, say Rekosech, your empty ones. And what the Pasuk is saying is what makes Klal Yisrael beautiful to Hashem. And the answer is the mitzvahs we do. And when Hashem says you are beautiful Klal Yisrael, it's because of the mitzvahs that we have to show. And kapela harimon, as just like the pomegranate is the fruit which is always given as an example of something which is filled with seeds. And we say similarly, rei kosech, the most empty among you are full of mitzvahs. Omeleus mitzvahs karimon. Yes, we've done wrong. And yes, we've distanced ourselves from Hashem. But the first thing we say to our Kodesh Baruch Hu is, Look at the beauty that we have. Look at the good things we've done. We've done wrong, and it's true, we've distanced ourselves, but on the other hand, there's so much good. Even the empty ones of Klai Yisrael are full of mitzvahs, whether it's Chesed, whether it's Torah, whether it's Simona, whatever it's going to be. So that's the first argument we have in our favor. The first appeal we have to Hashem. Look at our beauty. Look at the good deeds we've done. That's what makes us look beautiful. And on that, the Pasuk said in Shashim, Hinoch Yafur Ayasi. Yes, HaKadosh Baruch agrees. There's so much beauty in Klai Yisrael. That's what the first group was. And the second group of girls was saying, Look at our ancestry. It's a reason to marry us. We say the same thing. There's a second time in the sixth parak of Shashim, where Hashem refers to Klai Yisrael and says, you're beautiful, my beloved. And why does Hashem describe our beauty now? He says there were 60 malachas in Shemoni Pilakshim. And the version that explains that refers to all the nations who descended from Abraham Avinu. All the nations of Yishma, all the nations of the Arab states, all the nations of the Far East, 
all the nations of Asa. 60 and 80 of them. They all descended from Avram. But there's only one who is maintaining the tradition of Avram. There's only one who has the name of Avram. And that's Kali Yisra. And that's the second point we have in our faith. And we say to Hashem, look at our ancestry, look at where we're coming from. We're coming from Avram, Yisrael, and Yaakov. And we're the only ones who are the spiritual descendants of Avram, Yisrael, and Yaakov. And that's the second reason for Hashem to bring us closer. There's only one out of all those nations which descends biologically from Avram, who is a continuation of the Torah of Avram, of the Emunah of Avram. And Hashem says, you, you are beautiful, my beloved. That's the second, that's the second, so to speak, appeal. It's the second filler we can have. That's what the second group of girls will say. And this isn't something new. We have it in this expansion also. When Moshe David for Klai Yisrael after they get us off. So he brings this point as well. Remember Abraham, Yisrael, and Yisrael, your servants. Because we're the only ones who are continuing the part that they began. We're the only ones who have fulfillment of the promise Hashem made to the harvest. Look at our lineage. Look at our ancestry. There's a third group also. And that represents a third argument. A third appeal that we can have why Hashem should bring us back. And that refers to the Mukharish Abraham. You can't point to their good looks as a reason that they're attractive. And they say, Choose us, Hashem Shemayim. As long as you cover us with God, what does that mean? What does that mean? So let me share with you a story which is brought in the Gemara at the end of the ninth paragraph of the Dara. And the Gemara says, about, talks about a certain man who was, it was arranged he should marry his cousin. He promised to marry her. He had met her beforehand. And before the wedding, he travels to where she is. And he sees her for the first time. And he's completely repulsed by the way she looks. Her teeth are broken and her appearance is stubbornly. And he can't imagine her. So he goes to Rabbi Yishmael, the Kohen God. And he says, I know I made a nether to marry this girl, but I want to be matriner, I want to know of her. I can't, she's too, she's too displeasing. She looks too ugly. One can imagine how the color must differ. What did Rabbi Yishmael do? He invited the color to his house. And said, Yishmael was a king God. He, so he had access to wealth. And he says he was a mashkir, invested in her. He paid someone to fix her teeth. He paid for people to deal to work on how she looked. To make her, and eventually he calls back the chast. After he'd taken care of her and groomed her and given her to eat. And he says, dressed her well, he says, This was the girl that you were meant to marry. Do you, do you still want to be Matanata? And Allah says, no, I want to marry her. Listen to what the Gemara says. At that time, Rabbi Shmuel cried. Why? And he said, Jewish girls are beautiful. It's poverty which makes them angry. 
if one could invest enough in them, they would be all beautiful. It's the poverty that they don't have that ability to be taken care of properly, which makes them look unpleasant. Now, if a person really is ugly, they have misshapen features, there's something which is inherently of putting about them, all the money in the world is not going to help. But that's not the case. Benoist Yisrael Yafoy saying, Jewish girls are Yafoy's. And that's what the third group are saying. They're saying, right now, we can't show you a side of us which is that attractive. So we're asking you, be willing to marry us. If you're willing to invest in us, if you're willing to cover us with gold, you're willing to, so to speak, pay to bring out the inherent beauty that's inside of us, you'll see we'll be beautiful too. And that's our third argument of Kodesh Baruch. Maybe we don't have enough schosim, we aren't faithful enough in keeping the tradition of the obvious as a reason why Hashem should bring us back. But there's a third argument we have. We say, Kodesh Baruch Hu, Benoist Yisrael Yafeh saying, Klai Yisrael are inherently beautiful. Except, being in Golos, being in poverty, being in a culture which is negative, being in the same situation of oppression, whatever it's going to be, makes us ugly. HaKadosh Baruch if you're willing to invest in us, and if you're willing to give us everything we need, then you'll see that Pinoz Yisrael Yafeh said, inherently we're beautiful too. And this is the third time in Shirashir. But I shall say in Parakalim of Shirashir, Shchoyra Ani Benavach, I'm black with the dirt of my avarice. I have fulfilled myself. Venova, but I'm beautiful. And we say to Hashem, Altir Don't look at me in the appearance of being covered with filth, covered with dirt. Look at underneath all of that, that inherently there's a beauty within. And Hashem responds and He says, Hinoch Yafar Ayasi, Hinoch Yafar, twice. Klai Yisrael, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. Yes, Hashem can see beyond the outer layer of the dirt which we have sided ourselves with. The filth which the various have clothed us in. There's an inherent beauty underneath that. It's what we call the middah of chayn. Chayn, defined favor. It means we haven't done something yet to deserve. But there's potential. And if you're willing to invest in us, you'll bring out that potential. And that's the third fit that we have, and that represents what the third group of girls will say. Be willing to take the first step. But if you're willing to invest in us, if you you'll see we'll be beautiful too. That's Ayam Kippur. We ask Hashem to look at our mistress. We ask Hashem to look at the Shkos Avos. We ask Hashem, Give us a Mat Maschina. Be willing to invest in us. And take away the Yisurin, take away the Anias, take away the negative influences, because then Klai Yisrael, you'll see how beautiful. We asked the question beforehand, why wasn't that making this third group embarrassed? When we've come to this understanding, I think the answer is exactly the opposite. No, one can make everyone wear the same clothing. But if a person doesn't have a pleasing appearance, so rather than saying, yes, we're the group who doesn't look good, they're saying the opposite. They're saying inherently we're beautiful as well. It just needs the someone to give us that opportunity to become beautiful. 
And yes, if everyone's wearing clothing, then we're measuring one against the other. If everyone is mentioning what's her mailer, so then it's not in the same situation of making one group embarrassed. On the contrary, the nicest Shali officer, all of them. Was this an appropriate way to do Shidduchim? Today we don't do Shidduchim by men going to, the single man going to watch the girls dancing and choosing a Shidduch. But you have to remember something. This was taking place in Yom Kippur. Have you ever been by a Jewish chasna? By the chuppah? Yes, it's a physical act of marriage. There's a certain sense of holiness. When it's conducted in the, in the city in, with the mindset of this is building a new home in Klai Yisrael, then even something which could have been a physical thing like getting married becomes a real Kedusha. If on Yom Kippur, through the machshavas of Klai Yisrael's attempt to reconnect to HaKadosh Baruch and part of that reconnection is also finding uh, marriages which bring together Hassan and Akala, if that's the mindset which people would go to look for a shidduch, then this ceremony also became something which was imbued with Kedusha. That's Yom Kippur. That's a day of reconnection. And it was no great to Simcha because it's something which is re-experienced every year. Every year we do our various, unfortunately, and we distance ourselves from Hashem. And every year we need to be brought back close again. It's not commemorating the past. It's living with your And Tobab is the same. Today we don't celebrate Tobab. And the reason is because today we're still in the middle of Xerah. We're still in Golos, we're still in Ababes and Mikdash. So we can't celebrate the end of Xerah because we're still living in Xerah. Rabbi Shemeng and Gamil, who was the last Nasi at the time of the Beis HaMikdash, when there was a Beis HaMikdash, then there wasn't a Dach Zerah. Then they could celebrate Tobab. And he says it in the past tense, Lai Hoyu Yomim There weren't days of celebration like Tobab in Yom Kippur. Because then Tobab could be celebrated the same way. Because that's the significance of Tobab. It's when Xerah comes to an end, then we broke back close together. And that's what happened the original Tobab, when the Xerah of the Miraglim came to an end, and all in that, that generation had died, and then Hashem came back close to Klai Yisrael, the same as before. And when this Xerah comes to an end, and there will be the end of the Golos, then there will be also that reconnection that we have to Hashem, that will be the biggest Simcha. And that's why the boss finishes, the mission finishes. Look at the crown that Klai Yisrael gave Hashem on the day of his marriage and the day of his happiness. Yom Chasanasa is Umatan Torah. That's the parent of Yom Kippur. The day that Hashem forgave us for Chet Egel and gave us the second Luchas and reconnected to us by giving us the Torah a second time. That's like a day of Hashem's marriage. The reconnection. After the first big mistake, Klai Yisrael made. The day of Hashem's complete happiness, that was the day the Beit Hamikdash was rebuilt, and that's referring to Tubav. Why? Because it's referring to the Beit Hamikdash, which will be built in the Bekarav, when the exiles will all come to an end at the time of Mashiach. And that's what the Kabbalah says that the dedication of the Beit Hamikdash Hashlishi of the third Beit Hamikdash will be on Tubav. That's a day which signifies the end of the Xerahs, the day of Hashem's complete happiness when there's that return to the Jewish people in completion. There's a reconnection of all the Xerahs that Christ will have suffered. That will be for Hashem, Yom Simchas Leboy, and it will be for us again.
that they can celebrate Tzubah in a way that there was no greater, no greater symptom for the Jewish people than that reconnection, which is practical, present. And you'll keep it every year, and as I said, we're going to